Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, right now, we are joined by Colchester, Barry St. Edmunds, and online. So welcome to all of you people who are watching in our locations. We are about to uh, have our speaker on the stage for today, but I just want to big him up a little bit. Just a few weeks ago, we had the privilege of having Jeff Lucas here on on the platform, and he brought some fantastic teaching. And what I love about Jeff Lucas, I kept saying to this to uh, to different people, is he did something that was so... uh, complicated, took something so difficult and made it so easily accessible, yet it wasn't lightweight, it was profound. And so I love the way that Jeff just seems to communicate in a way that just enables us to be able to access something of what God is communicating with us through the church. I believe Jeff brings something that is, is, is now applicable and is prophetic. So why don't we, wherever we are across all our locations, give a massive welcome to Jeff Lucas as he comes to share the message today. Come on. Try turning it on, shall we? Let's do that again. I'll just come up again. Could you clap again? Thanks, Josh. I do this all all the time, you know. I'm good with microphones. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Thanks for those kind words, Uh, Josh. Greetings to you if you're in uh, Colchester. Uh, Barry watching online and uh, a special greeting to you if you're joining us from one of the prisons around the country. Um, in preparing this message, been praying for all of us in our different locations and for you in the prisons. You don't have to turn that TV on. You don't have to be joining us today. And we're very honored that you are. So thank you for doing that. And we send you our love and our, our greetings. I was here three weeks ago, um, and I'm back. It's like a rash, really. (laughs) And um, so glad to be. I said three weeks ago I was happy to be here, and I'm even happier to be here today. Uh, It's great to see you. Three weeks ago, it was International Buy a Christian Book at 50% Off Day, and I'm really pleased to announce that that's been extended internationally. Um, But with some different books this time. Um, We ran out of this book last time, Faith in the Fog, believing in what you cannot see. So uh, we bought some more copies of that in. There's daily Bible reading notes out there if you'd like uh, to try those. And this latest book that I've done came out last year, Singing in Babylon, Finding Purpose in Life's Second Choices. The reality is life is what we get when we expect something else. That's true for all of us. And this is the story of Daniel and uh, how he navigated his way through this. So the title for my message this morning is Reset. Reset. And uh, I can't guarantee you that this is going to be a fine piece of preaching at all. I've got no idea about the quality. We'll find out, I suppose. Um, But I do have a very real sense that this is something that the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. That might sound like a rather grandiose statement, but I came in here with my 
iPad and my notes with the word reset at the top and was just chatting with a friend. It's all right, I'm not going to embarrass you, but chatting with a friend um, back there just before the service said, how, how are you doing? How are you guys doing? And, and very simply, the response um, that I got was, well, it's been a time of reset. And I, I lifted up my iPad and said, well, that's interesting that you use that word because that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about about today and God is very kind isn't he anyone found that out and I'm a bit thick but God has these ways of just nudging me to let me know that we're on track here so uh, first of all I'd like to invite you to really listen not just with your ears but also with your heart but also to do something quite radical because this is a two-part message tonight I want to talk about rhythm totally different message but they belong together And if you never normally come back to church on a Sunday evening, I'd like to invite you to um, do something different tonight and come back because in very practical terms, I want to explore this. So I'm going to read to you a few verses from Isaiah, Isaiah 43. I'm going to explain a little bit about the context in a moment, but let me just say The words I'm about to read are a prophecy, a promise that was made around 2,900 years ago. And this prophecy was made 150 years ahead of it actually being fulfilled. Um, It's the words of Isaiah, and here's what he says. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sakes I will send an army against Babylon forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. Look at this line. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. Our worship team didn't know what I'm preaching on this morning, but about six minutes ago, we sang, there is power in your name, just to mention makes a way. You carve out highways through the sea. We just sang what I'm now reading from. How many believe there is a God? Sort of helpful really, isn't it? So, (laughs) I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do for I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Uh, Ever since computers uh, came into common use, I've had problems with them, quite (laughs) frankly. It's, It's always been an issue. Years ago, um, I had a, uh, an IBM Pentium Beelzebub 666 megahertz computer, and um, I formatted the hard drive by mistake. Uh, now, for those of you that don't know what that means, in it's old language, but it, formatting your hard drive is basically this. You take the top of your head off, you remove your brain, you throw it away, and you put your head, the top of your head back on. It's as radical as that. In fact, the computer was rather surprised. The computer said, are you sure? <laughs> and my finger hovered momentarily over the Y, and I pressed Y, and poof, everything was gone. And I'd like to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that I stood there and said, well, the Lord has given. 
and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But actually, you could hear the screaming in Jupiter. It was horrendous. Uh, more recently, more recently, I was having problems with my computer. I won't name it, um, my computer, my laptop, but I, I like a piece of fruit as a logo. And um, I didn't want to go into the, into the Mac store and talk to one of those nine-year-old geniuses. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but we had a, a friend staying at our house. And he's not very computer literate. His computer is so old, it is being driven by four donkeys walking in a circle. And I'm really getting frustrated. And my friend, he who knows nothing, he said, uh, why don't you just power down and power back up again? And I said, away with you, feed your donkeys. You know, this is, you know. I said, do you mean reboot? And he said, no, reboot's an old word, it's reset. And he's quite wrong about that, but that's not important right now. And I obediently tapped the keys, I powered down, I reset, I discovered that computers get fatigued because they've got too many windows open. And, and hallelujah, because three minutes later, my laptop was clothed and in its right mind. I had reset, rebooted, restarted. And I believe with all my heart, actually, that for many of us today, it's time for a reset, a reboot. And I'd like us to look closely at this reset moment in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah. Now, let's get a bit of background here. 27, 2800 years ago, God's covenant people, Israel, were were really messing up. They were rebelling against God. And God raised up a prophet called Isaiah. And there's 66 chapters of his prophecy in the Old Testament. And the first 39 chapters of the book, you can summarize it all in one sentence. Here comes the judge. That's what Isaiah was saying in the first 39 chapters. But then... In the 40th chapter, everything changes gear. Last week, uh, Steve preached powerfully on ultimate hope. If you haven't heard it, it's available online. And suddenly, in chapter 40, a new season begins, a season of hopefulness. Isaiah begins to prophesy about a better time to come. He gave that prophecy. 80 years later, the judgment time came. Isaiah had died by that time. He never saw the fulfillment of his prophecy. The Babylonian strongest power in the world at that time came against Jerusalem. Jerusalem was under siege for many months. It was plundered. And then many of the people were taken away into exile, into Babylon, away from the promised land that God had given them, away from the feasts and festivals that reminded them um, of the validity of their faith. And not only were they dislocated by this judgment, but the very fact that the Babylonians won spiritually affected them because back in those days, the winner had the winning God. If I beat you, it's because my God was stronger than yours. And so there was spiritual confusion among the people as well as captivity. And 70 more years pass. And then this season of hope 
begins that had been promised 150 years earlier. Now, let's put that into context. Here we are in 2023. It's a bit like someone prophesying in 1873. You don't have to do the math. I've already done it, triple-checked 150 years ago. When William Gladstone was prime minister, when the Fry's Chocolate Company first invented the Easter egg, and when here in Cambridge... Uh, the first women's college, Girton College, was founded 150 years ago. Imagine a prophet saying, this is what's going to happen in 2023. Some scholars say, how could that be? Well, how many know that God is the supernatural God? He is timeless, and he sees across the decades and the centuries. And suddenly, this reset moment happens. It's like a wake-up call. And God's saying, I'm resetting everything for you. It's a new day. So what's all of this got to do with us? What can we learn from this as we share this next three and a half hours together? <laughs> 13 minutes and 14 seconds. First of all, our settings are shaped by our season. Our settings are shaped by our season. Israel had gone through seasons earlier in their history. They'd spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt. Then came the exile, 70 years. Some of these people had been born in exile. They'd lived and died in exile. They didn't know anything else. And so they tended to think like slaves and like Exiles, And then suddenly God says, I'm sending an army against Babylon. It's all changing. There are times and seasons. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, it says, stand firm on the evil day. In other words, God is acknowledging that there are particular periods in our own personal lives, maybe of spiritual attack, there are particular seasons that we need to acknowledge. Now, you probably, if you're like me, you're, you're sick of certain news items. I became weary of the word COVID, and I'm sure you are too. But I want to just talk about it for a moment. Because I would like to suggest that the COVID pandemic that obviously broke out in 2020 has formed us and shaped us, and it has created settings in our lives, and we need to be aware of them. It was a very critical season. Sociologically, I would suggest, somewhat worse, even sociologically, than war. Because in war, there is a unity against a common enemy. But what COVID did was it created fear, fragmentation, rather than unity. And this week, in preparing for this message, I've been doing some research into the long-term effects, not physiologically, but socially, from COVID. 50% of doctors, nurses, and emergency responders say that they are now suffering acute traumatic stress, depression, anxiety, alcohol abuse, and insomnia. Millions of people died around the world, and studies say, on average, nine people grieve deeply for every Bereavement. 31% of all adults say that their health has worsened since the pandemic. There is a crisis among Generation Z, a sense of fear 
uh, milestones that were missed in their lives, graduations, proms, all of that missed out on. There has been a crisis of leadership with politicians saying do this but not doing the very same thing and that, that seeps into the way we think about leadership. Marriages that were teetering have been smashed by COVID. Children at home, people working from home, domestic abuse soared and then healthy lifestyles diminished, weight gain, changes in diet, Changes in smoking, smoking and alcohol consumption habits. There's also been a, a, re, a result of COVID in terms of the dissemination of fake news and rumors and conspiracy theories. And so we find ourselves not knowing what to believe anymore. Hence our fake news series just a few weeks ago. Has anybody noticed that people are driving angrier these days? We were here just three weeks ago and three times during the visit here and returning home, and I'm not overstating this, three times we nearly died. That is not an exaggeration because of angry drivers. Get out of my way! And it feels like we've been squeezed into a shape. And Romans 12:1 says, don't conform to this pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't think that's just about morality. It's about worldview. It's about hope. It's about peace. Ladies and gentlemen, we are shaped by our season. But God, the Holy Spirit, wants to reset and reshape us. Secondly, cruise control isn't a setting for disciples. How many of you have got cruise control on your car? Raise your hand. How many of you never raise your hand, whatever the question? <laughs> well done. Healing in the house. I love cruise control, but the trouble with cruise control is if you're not careful, you can not be fully attentive while driving. I've asked Kay permission to share this brief story with you, and reluctantly she has given permission uh, Kay and I, when we were dating, so many years ago, we were driving along the road together, uh, possibly to Queen Victoria's coronation, and um, <laughs> we had um, big, a big Jesus is alive sticker on the back of our car, and, and lots of fishes, you know, Christian, you know, we looked like a mobile aquarium, our Austin, <laughs> and, um, and I'm really, I don't think I've ever said this in public before, but we were pulled over by the police. <laughs> for kissing while driving. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Ow. I'm actually going red, aren't I? I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. We were not, be, well, we were being attentive, but not correctly attentive. <laughs> Cruise control is not a setting for us. The disciple is alert and attentive. And, and, and God says through Isaiah, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? That's eyes wide open. And then Ephesians chapter 6, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. 1 Corinthians 16, be on guard. 
Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. You see, God calls us to be awake, alert. Now, I just need to tell you without detail, you've already had enough detail. I've sensed that call in my life this week. Wake up, Jeff. Wake up. Be alert. Hebrews 2, we must listen very carefully to the truth that we've heard or we may drift away from it. That, that means that the picture there is of a boat drifting away from its moorings. Is, this, is there clutter in our lives that we've collected during COVID? Habits, patterns of thinking. One of my favorite locations where we live in Colorado, I love going there. I go there every week. It's got a pool and lots of birds and wildlife. It's the local rubbish dump and recycling center. And the pool is muddy and yucky puddles in the potholes, for potholes are international these days. And I love going to dump the rubbish. Kay says to me, it's time. And I say, joy of joys. And I and I collect the stinky plastic bag of rubbish and I put it in the back of the car and I, I drive to the rubbish dump with a lightness in my heart for I know there is about to be a parting and I, and I pull up and I pay my money and I go around to the dumpster and the joy is increasing as I pick the stinky bag up and I toss it into the dumpster. Farewell forever, I cry. <laughs> and I drive, there's something fantastic about Losing the rubbish. Cruise control is not a setting for disciples. It's their rubbish that we need to get rid of. Thirdly, resets are everywhere in Scripture. They're everywhere in Scripture. Something remarkable in here, because God says, I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Do you know what God is referring to? He's referring to the greatest moment in Israel's history, the Exodus. It's the pivotal moment in their history. It shapes who they are. And what does God say? Forget it. Wow. He is saying, even that doesn't compare with what I'm going to do afresh. Resets, the reset of baptism, of communion, What's communion about? It's a reset. Do this in remembrance of me. What's Sabbath about? What's feasts and festivals about? It's all resets. They're everywhere in Scripture. The fourth thing is that habits need to be reset and nurtured. A reset is not something that just happens at 1022 in a church gathering. I was reading the work of a, a plastic surgeon, Maxwell Maltz. He, was, uh, he practiced in the 1950s, and he noticed that it took patients about 21 days to get accustomed to a new nose or a revision on their face or an amputation. Patients would say that for three weeks they felt like they still had that leg because their brain was programmed to believe that they had that leg that had now been taken off. 
And he published a book that sold 30 million copies about how the brain needs to be readjusted. And in fact, there's been research that has followed on now. They say that it really takes two months to establish a habit, 66 days to be exact. And that's not the same for everybody. But the point is simply this. If we're going to reset to healthy habits, it's going to take some work. How many of you are like me? I say, I am going on a diet. I have purchased my fitness pal, <laughs> premium edition. But it takes work. Eugene Peterson said the kingdom of self is heavily defended. It's hard for us to change. And some of us might be saying, well, that sounds like a lot of effort. Dallas Willard, the late, great Dallas Willard, said grace is opposed to earning, not effort. We don't earn our salvation, but we do work it out with the Holy Spirit helping us. What habits need to be reestablished in marriage, in friendship, in health, in church, as we celebrate today the vision offering? What renewed habits of giving need to be established. Attendance, again, greetings watching online. And some of you are saying, you said this three weeks ago, Jeff. I know I'm saying it again. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing Hebrews 10. What habits need to be reestablished? Well, the last thing is this. And that is, when it comes to reset, we reset to God himself. If you look at this passage carefully, God's all over it. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I'm about to do something new. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other savior. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not just about you and me rebuilding some good habits. This is about coming to God himself. The Jews have a beautiful word for the word repentance, as we translate it. It is teshuva. And teshuva literally means homecoming. When we come to God, we come home. We come home to self, as we are meant to be. We come home to God. We come home. And again, we sang here earlier, I know I'm not alone. I am home. Home. And that's really the heartbeat of reset, coming home afresh to God and saying, where is my thinking needing to be shaped and renewed? And lest we feel overwhelmed by endless oughts and shoulds and musts and coulds, which that's exhausting. Let's remind ourselves today that the Holy Spirit is our helper. We're not alone in all of this. Listen to these words from Philippians. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Wow, that sounds pretty heavy. And then the very next verse, for God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Reset. As I close, I'd like to share with you the words 
of the Methodist covenant. Our Methodist friends pray this once a year. It is a reset prayer. I am not asking us to pray it together because some things should only be said when they've been carefully considered. I wonder, Steve and Angie, if we could have the prayer on the website this week, if that's possible, or somewhere on social media so that people can refer to it. But what powerful words of reset these are. I want to read them to us. Ask the Holy Spirit to root the heartbeat of them in us. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Let's keep our eyes open. Father, as I look around this room, imagine our friends in other locations. We want to ask you to help us to be a people whose eyes are wide open, alert, shaped by your Spirit. So as we reflect on these things, enable us with the promised power of God. We agree together in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast we pray it's been a blessing to you why not share it with your friends and family through social media if you're not on the regular podcast list then why don't you subscribe thank you especially to those that give if you want to give to this ministry you can go to our website thec3.uk giving and get involved god bless you